Hello and welcome to the London Scots podcast, where we talk to Scots who have made it to the big smoke. It's about where they came from, why they're in London, and what their life is like. Francis, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Where did you come from and how did you end up in London? Hello, thanks for having me. I am originally from Edinburgh. Um, I was born and brought up there and lived there until about the age of 18. Then I went off to Robert Gordon's University up in Aberdeen to study to become a nurse. And at the end of my training, I couldn't find a job in Scotland. So I ended up living in Oxford for two years and then I moved to London. So I've been living in London the last three and a half years. Right. So trip to Aberdeen and then to Oxford. What was Aberdeen like? Very grey. But I ended up really enjoying it. I made some great friends up there. I really loved the city. And I think I was living there at a time when the oil was booming. I think things have changed a bit now, but... I actually really enjoyed being in the city and we lived close to the beach as well. So we spent a lot of time there and yeah, it was a great place to be a student. Great place to be a student. I had four years there myself. Beach ballroom still there when you were there? Yes, it was. That was where we had our leavers ball actually. Great venue. Yeah, still there. Matt Cameron's? Yes, that's still there as well. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. And of course the Macker? Yes, I think it is. Yeah. Smaller one on campus, must yeah. be. Lovely times, lovely times. And so from there you moved to Oxford. So what was that like? A little bit more difficult, I think, because I just finished my time being a student. And of course, to go to a city that is so full of students, I think I did find that a little bit difficult. And that was my first job as well as a nurse. So that was a challenge. But actually, the more I stayed there, the more I enjoyed it. And I got a bike as well. So it meant that I was able to cycle around the city. And the more you venture into the colleges, the more you realise how big Oxford is. Um, And actually how much land is taken up by all of these colleges. And I had no idea, but there's a deer park in the centre of Oxford which you would never know was there. But um, I had a great time living there and I made some great friends and I've still got my bike. And when you say it was difficult and you you, you stopped being a student and you you went to start working, your first job as a nurse, how was it difficult? Were you still wanting to be a student or, or was it just reminding you of a previous life? I think one, because I was comparing my student time to that of the students there and my brother was actually at Oxford University as well at the same time. So I think to see what his lifestyle was like and the fact that I never had that as a student, because being a student nurse, you were on placement for half of the year. So you never really were a proper student like everyone else. And I think the fact is that it was the you actually realising that, right, this is where this is how my working life begins and I will never have a period like that in my life. So I think it's maybe just a bit of reflection that, and it was dawning on me that, right, this is, this is the beginning. <laughs> it's of responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can wholeheartedly recommend anybody that takes a year off or a, a year at either side and, uh, and does that because one shouldn't, the wheel it's quite hard to step out of it again yeah you feel like you're in a hamster wheel 
They do. And so time at Oxford, you had a couple of years there, and I was looking at your blog um, a bit earlier. What made you get into blogging? It's more kind of photography that I'm interested in. Um, I have always been interested in photography. I think from about the age of 17, 18, I went off and worked on a farm in the Isles of Scilly for three weeks in between school and university. And I took a camera with me and that was the one thing that I wanted to take with me. And I think from then my interest kind of grew and um, I started taking more photos on my phone as well. And I think the time that I had in Oxford when I didn't, I hadn't really made any friends yet and I wanted to go off and explore the city, I ended up taking photos and documenting my days that way. And then that time enabled me to get better at it. and. I did it and the more and more I did it, the more I loved it. And so it's kind of grown into a bit of a full-time hobby that has taken over quite a bit of my life. But in a way, it's good because it goes alongside my nursing. I'm able to use my days off to go out and explore. I quite like getting out to central London and going off into places like Rye and Hastings and all these beautiful places. And it gives me a chance to explore them. And I've also made a lot of friends through it as well, which I'm very lucky to have. Oh, that's great. So you've made friends through photography. Yeah, um, through Instagram. Um, I've made quite a lot of friends up in Scotland and down in England as well. I can see that. Sorry, I didn't realise I was t- talking to such an influencer. Sorry, I've just looked and I see you have 85.1 thousand followers. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't really tell a lot of people, but yeah, it's, it's grown. Um, over the last five, five six years. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah, it's my little thing that I keep on the side. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. Uh, um, I, I mean, I was go- before I'd actually seen the, that huge number, I was going to comment about how lovely the pictures are. <laughs> Thank and, you. Uh, and yeah, you've obviously got those followers for a reason. So do you have them, um, just talking about that, and now I, I can talk to you as a guru. <laughs> when you're making these pictures for Facebook, do you, What's the what criteria? Sorry, not for Facebook, for Instagram. What um, criteria are you using to snap or to choose the ones that you snap to put up? I suppose in criteria, I'm picky about the places that I photograph. So I wouldn't necessarily photograph like any of the modern buildings in London, like places like the Shard and things are a little bit too modern. I prefer the older places of London that have um, a lot of history. So round about the Strand and Temple. Um, I love going to Greenwich as well and Hampstead. So kind of more of a Georgian period of London is what I like to photograph. And I think I suppose coming from Edinburgh, that's maybe influenced a lot of what I photograph as well. Because obviously there you have all these wonderful Georgian buildings, but then you also have like all the little medieval closes around the Royal Mile. So I suppose I'm drawn to things of an older from an older era and that's what catches my eye but then of course I take a lot of photographs so narrowing down what I post can be quite difficult but I find that when you're out and about you'll as a photographer you get a feeling about a photo and you know it just works and there's just something about it that you like and I think that's what I go on not very technical but that's what I go on when I'm posting the it has to have something 
a quality, the photo that I've taken has to have a quality that's attracted me or a detail that I really like. And that's what I choose to post, I guess. That is lovely. It doesn't give you a lot of satisfaction having so many people from, uh, I must, I guess, all around the world looking at your photographs. Yeah, it kind of, it still feels a little bit overwhelming <laughs> that I have that number of people looking at them, but actually it's really nice. And I then follow people from all across the world as well. And it's really broadened my horizons. And I've now got a much longer list of places that I want to travel to <laughs> because you see all of these amazing places. And yes, you do want to photograph them for yourself, but then you also want to be part of that culture and part of that experience of going there. Hmm, how lovely. What a great thing to do. And are you doing this on an iPhone? What's your equipment? I do have a Sony compact camera, but actually I've stuck with using my iPhone. Um, so I have an iPhone 11 Pro and it's a lot easier because I find that when you're in a city, if you have a big camera, actually people are quite wary of you, I think, because they don't want to be included in your photographs. And because I type, take photographs at quite close range, I find that my iPhone has the capabilities of what I need it for. And then I use all the editing software on my phone as well. So I just find that easier to be able to transfer things from my phone onto the editing. And it's all just on my phone, but just a lot easier. Okay. And editing, do you use any particular, uh, just any particular uh, package for editing your photos? There's a very good package I've used for a couple of years called VSCO Cam, which is based on the kind of like old Polaroid feels of um, film back in the day. So I like to use that. And um, that's kind of my go-to um, that I use. And I've stuck with the same editing for a few years, but it seems to work. So that's what I go with. Cool. Just mention that one again. Is it DFDO? VSCO and then CAM at the end. VSVO CAM. VSCO CAM. It's a bit of a tongue twister. VSCO. Oh, I see. Charlie Sierra Victor. Victor Sierra Charlie Oscar. Victor Sierra Charlie Oscar. Yeah. Okay. VSCO. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Have you been approached to, to be sponsored? take any cash for your photos or I have been there are I think um as time has progressed I have been approached by more people but I kind of I'm very picky about what I say and at the moment I um haven't done any sponsorship campaigns in about the last year for money I feel that working full-time I actually don't need the cash and um, I feel that actually I can be a lot more creative when you're not doing something on a budget for someone else because I feel like they also will tell you what they want to post what they want in the caption and I just kind of feel like actually it's my time to be creative and it's my time that I like spending by myself and for me that's quite precious so I just really do it for the reason why I love it and that it gets me out of London. <laughs> <laughs> well, that certainly comes across. They're beautiful photographs. Thank you. And um, uh, anyone that's listening can follow, can see them at hardyandwilder.com. Is that right? Yes. Um, so I have like a portfolio website, which is hardyandwilder.com. 
And I also have an Instagram, which is Francis M.E. Hardy. Brilliant. I'm just clicking on following that now. I'm not sure why I didn't do that beforehand. There you go. You've got 85,000, 85.10001. Oh, great. Okay. Great. I know that, and anyone listening, I know I didn't get that calculation right. Okay. Oh, that's fine. So do you have time? Tell us about your work then. You're, you're now, um, I'd imagine, a very busy nurse. Yes. So I um worked in a surgical ward for a number of years and then decided that I wanted some medical experience. So I worked 12-hour shifts night and day at one of the um, central hospitals in London. So uh, it's very tiring, but I really enjoy it. Brilliant. And um, any tips for how you stay awake in the middle of the night? So everyone told me that I would start drinking coffee when I started working night shifts, but actually I still don't like coffee. I just drink tea. So normally I have a nap in the middle of the day and then I stay awake. But I think it's you have something to do. And I think that's what keeps you awake, because if you sit down, that's when you feel tired. So. And is there a different atmosphere uh, on night shift uh, as opposed to day shift? I think. In the hospitals, there are less like seniors around, but I think it's, I mean, it depends on which area where you work in, because I guess if you're in the wards, everyone's asleep, whereas if you're in somewhere like A&E, then everyone's awake. <laughs> yeah, the I think the hospital just keeps on ticking over and then you wait for all the day shift to come in to relieve you and then you can eventually get home to sleep. <laughs> Is there a great sense of camaraderie in the in the hospital? Yeah, I think so. Especially in London, because people have come from lots of different places. Um, you have a lot of like um, people that have come over from Ireland. There's quite a lot that come down from Scotland, from the Philippines. So I think you have that sense that actually you're all in this city that you've now trying to make your home and that you're all in this situation and you're actually all there to do one thing, which is care for the patients. So I think you get along and you make friends very quickly when you're a nurse because you're all in these situations and you're all away from home as well. I, I have to say, anytime I have been to a hospital, um, I'm always amazed at the level of teamwork that goes on in just a very natural fashion and the amount of goodwill that seems to exist between the staff and the level of helpfulness. Uh, that might all sound a bit strange to some extent, but... I spend a lot of my time working uh, by myself. I've been self-isolating effectively for 20 years. <laughs> when I do go to, to a hospital, I, I, just, I look at the teamwork and I think that must be a, a very satisfying way to work at times. I know it must be stressful and difficult and, and um, harrowing, but it must also be very, it seems to be very rewarding to have so many colleagues that they are generally all working towards the same goal. Yeah, I think being in that environment, you maybe are, naturally a team worker and I think that's something that you see within the health team but then also the wider health team as well so I suppose like you work alongside lots of occupational therapists and physios and doctors and radiologists and actually in that wider scope you know that you've all got the patient in the middle of that and you all work for that one thing but I think it knowing that you've got people there to help you and that you're never by yourself in situations is actually 
very nice as well. And I think you all just, in some situations, it can be more difficult to work as a team. But I think the more and more you're there and the more experiences you go through together actually bond you as a team and means that you're better for when the next situation arises that enables you to work closer. And turning to your hometown now, it's, I forget, is it three or four years that you've been away from Edinburgh? Um, in total, I suppose, including the time that I was at university, of course. almost about 10 years now. About 10 years now you've been away. So when you go back, do you have any, any reflections do you, uh, on how Edinburgh has changed? I suppose every time I go back, there is always new restaurants that opened and the new cafes and things that have opened. And of course, there's a lot more hotels now. I suppose there's always going to be lots of tourists. Um, and that has never changed throughout the year there's always a lot when I was beginning to leave Edinburgh the trams were getting built so I suppose that's something <laughs> that um, has changed maybe by the time you retire they'll have finished them yeah exactly all the way down to Leith <laughs> <laughs> but no I still love going back I think there have been a lot more hotels that have been built over the years to accommodate the influx of tourists has your view of Scotland changed at all? I don't think so. I think it's actually made me appreciate what we have in Scotland um, because obviously there's a smaller population and it means that the funding and things that we get are able to be spread more widely throughout Scotland but also actually like the landscape and having all the hills and the sea and being able to having all of that to explore. That's what I really miss being down in London is the environment and that we have that we're so lucky to have that on our doorstep very good okay francis we come to that time in the show where it's joke or app time so you either have to tell us a joke or tell us about an app that you have on your phone that you kind of find indispensable oh i'll go for app okay so an app i have on my phone that i don't think i could live without apart from instagram is shazam Oh, tell us about that. Not heard about that one. Shazam is an app that rec so that can recognize music. So say if you're out in a shop or you're at a party or something and you really want to know what the song is, you can put Shazam on your phone and it will tell you what the music is. Really? Yeah. That's fantastic. Brilliant. Good. Right. I'm going to go and download that one. Shazam. Perfect. Well, Francis, thank you very much for uh, coming on the London Scots podcast. It's been a uh, great joy to talk to you. And um, I am pleased to say that I'm now one of your faithful followers. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been... And I look forward to seeing lots more lovely photographs of wherever you get to. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. It really is great. Thanks a lot, Francis. Two tickets to the Cayley Club are yours whenever we start up again. And um, uh, thanks for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Ed. Cheers now. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the London Scots podcast. The wonderful music was provided by Licence to Cayley, and if you're looking for a great night out in London, then head along to the Cayley Club. Thank you, and lang may your lumbrick.